The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, here we go. It's another edition of the Jonesy and Brown Show. I am John Brown. He is Mike Jones. We are Jonesy and Brown. We talk Philly sports. We talk all sports here on the show. We've we've talked a lot of football over the last couple of weeks. Haven't had a chance to talk basketball. Haven't Haven't had a chance to talk hoops. Sixers are underway. Six of season is. Why are you looking like that, bro? Because I'm the one who who wanted to make sure we got some basketball talking. Uh-huh. I, I I know we we need to talk basketball. Yes, I'm a I'm a basketball guy. You are you're not no no you are not a basketball guy. You are the basketball guy. I'll, I'll take that. You are like, the basketball guy. That's that is you. And oh, the the Sixers are six and two. Six and, and two at, at the time of, as they are playing as we do this show. True. As, as 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 we record, as on we the record the right show, now. they are on the court right now playing Detroit. But, but currently, they're in a tie for most wins in the league coming into Thursday night. This yes. Week. Yes. Like they've been fun to watch. Yes. It all it should be, you know, everything's good in basketball land for me. Mm-hmm. But it keeps coming back to the all right. The game they lost to the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. They controlled a lot of that game. Okay. Yes, they did. Probably, probably three fourths. Not even three fourths of the game. More than three fourths of the game. Because into the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, they into had the con- fourth quarter, they had control, they had of, that control of that game. And what bothers me is that as much as I like watching the Sixers play now, it's in games like that where I just don't feel like this team has a guy who they can put the ball in his hands mm. and trust that he'll make the right decision. Not necessarily a guy that can, like, I'm going to put my head down and go get a bucket. That's not what I want. I want a guy I can trust to make the right basketball play in those clutch in mm-hmm. those clutch moments, in those big-time possessions. Yes. Whether it's score, create for someone else, whatever it is, a guy who knows how to read the court and make the right basketball Agreed. play. Agreed. And I that was what I saw in that Brooklyn game that I think more mm-hmm. than anything else co- caused them to lose that game is down the stretch against a good team. Mm-hmm. They didn't know who or how to finish a game like that. And until that situation is resolved, I'm unable to buy into this Philadelphia team's mm-hmm. real prospects. Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, honestly... I don't think that you can, given what is going on with the 76ers. And we know 
exactly what is going on with the 76 we know their situation you know what they're dealing with i don't know if you can you know you it's not something for you to buy into just yet i don't you know i you know it's an 82 game season mm-hmm. we're less than a month into you know we're not even 10 games into an 82 game season at this point, what this team can become is still a long way. And there is a huge piece. There is a huge, you know, factor mm-hmm. surrounding how you're going to describe, you know, how what this team is going to become. You are not exactly. going to be able to judge what this team can become until you finally know whether Ben Simmons is just going to be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to play for the Sixers, or they're going to trade Ben Simmons. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's a huge unknown yeah. right now. It's, it's that... a huge unknown, and, and 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 honestly, until that is answered, mm-hmm. I am enjoying what I am seeing. I am watching the progression of Tyrese Maxey because I want to see because people who know. People who are familiar with this show, mm-hmm. I think you know. I'm, I'm glad you brought that name because I want to talk. Ty, brought up that name. I mm-hmm. want to talk Tyrese Max okay. for a little bit. All right, then so. we, we'll, we'll start there because I think people who watch this show, people who are familiar with this show, people who listen to the two of us talk basketball, they mm-hmm. know the Jonesy talking points. One of the Jonesy talking points is: Can you run an offense with a Kentucky point guard? Can a Kentucky point guard run your offense? I think it's pretty. I think we know that Tyrese Maxey can make baskets. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love. I love that floater. Mm-hmm. I think that. Is- I, I think that floater could be lethal. You know, he he perfects that. He hits it with a little more consistency. I think he's that, a classic a Calipari attacking guard. Yes, yes, he knows how to put the ball on the floor and attack. However, I think a point of concern, and, and 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 you tell me is is what I'm going to say, a byproduct of talking basketball with you week after week after week for like two three years now. Yes, yes, it is. But I watch when Tyrese Maxey is their starting point guard. I see a lot of people not Tyrese Maxey bringing the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. See Seth Curry bringing the ball up the court. See mm-hmm. Joel Embiid bringing the ball up the court, which makes me feel very nervous. I do not like that. I see Tobias Harris bringing the ball up the court, starting their offense, mm-hmm. and that part—that's part of something that that scares me a lot. You know that that's that's what I'm worried about. But I I know Tyrese Maxey can can create. I think he's a good create for him. I should say he can create for himself. That, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He creates for himself. He and this is not buckets. to say we don't like Tyrese. Yeah, Massey, oh, no, no, yeah. I, I love his energy as a yes. six man, as a backup guard. Yes, yes. But, yes. That, but, that is a good point. I'm not saying this to, but, I'm not trying to, to, to slam my Tyrese Maxey. opinion Massey. on having an attack style lead guard in your starting lineup is, is well documented at this point. And. Until somebody gives me the, some evidence on the basketball court to mm-hmm. refute it, I'm going to keep feeling that way. Okay, so so your so <laughs> expound on that. Your thoughts, Tyrese Maxey, right now the starting point guard for your uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Well, I think you just 
illustrated it best when you pointed out when he's on the court as the point guard mm-hmm. on in your program, he's not necessarily being asked to play point guard in function. Mm-hmm. You're, you're seeing all your other boy, ball handlers, Court Maz, Curry, Harris, even Embiid handling the ball and triggering the offense rather than Tyrese Maxey. And let's be honest, if that if running an offense were his strong suit, the ball wouldn't be in all these other guys' hands. Mm-hmm. That that's that's just the reality of the matter. For and for all the positive things Maxie is able to bring to a team, that true traditional point guard role is not one of them mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. But that and, and that being said, I think that's the biggest mystery. That's that's part. That's a storyline I can get into that I can watch while I wait for this Ben Simmons saga to play out. Can Tyrese Maxey, who's who's only he, he turns twenty one today, he's very young. He's with, young. With good coaching, yes. it, it can be learned. Yes, but can, you know, can he can he develop into that role? You know, I this is not us talking about Tyrese Maxey as if he can't be that guy. At, at this young age, with proper coaching, it can be learned, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, and and I think honestly, what I will what I will credit this this team with, this team and this current front office with, is the type of players they have been able to bring in. Mm-hmm. You know these 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 young players seem to be lunch pail type guys. You know you you, you look at now third year player uh, Matisse Thybul. You know what he, mm-hmm. you know how hard he works on the defensive end, doing the dirty work. Mm-hmm. You know you, you look you, you look at that. You look at Maxi, and he he seems to be someone who who want who wants to play. You know he doesn't. He wants to play good basketball. Yeah. He wants to be better. He's not a guy who I'd say he's just never going to learn. Mm-hmm. And a thing he has going for him is that the way this roster is currently constructed, Constructed, what you're going to see on the court is a lot of ball movement and mm-hmm. good. you're going to see a lot of good basketball in order for this team to be effective and to win. Mm-hmm. So he's in an environment that is conducive to his growth. Mm-hmm. He's just going to have to do the work. And when I say do the work, I mean study as much as I do mm-hmm you know, physical drills and things like that on the court. It's, it is a, it's a mental part of the game yeah. where his greatest needs for development are. In addition to, you know, developing a more consistent outside shot, mm-hmm. which I do also think is necessary for him. The more, the, you know, the more pressing need is if he wants to get starter minutes and maximize his potential, He's got to learn how to run that offense. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. As a, as a basketball guy, mm-hmm. you hear a lot about it in football, but I'm not quite sure exactly how it translates to basketball. Can you be a tape guy in basketball? Is it is is watching tape and watching film as important in basketball as people will say it would be in football? 
Yes, but it's different. Okay. How so? I'm I'm studying tape in basketball as much to look for tendencies from an opponent as I am for anything else. Like if I'm studying an opponent, mm-hmm. I'm going to know when he goes when he goes to drives to his right, he's going to take two dribbles and pull up 60% of the time versus when he goes left He's going to finish at the rim with a layup 80% of the time. I'm going to know those things. I'm going to know his shooting percentage drops if I can force him into a fadeaway on the baseline and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm so I'm, I'm studying those types of tendencies, and I'm also learning to read situations. If I see if I see this defense, where are the holes in that de- in the defense going to be? If I see the defense. If I'm in a pick and roll and the screener reacts a certain the guy guarding the screener reacts a certain way, I'm learning to see where my cutters are, where my mm-hmm. where my legs are, all those things. So it's not film study from like an NFL where I'm looking for formations and play calls and it's like, oh, they're blitzing, so I know to switch from this run play to this pass play or whatever. It's mm-hmm. As more tendencies and things that you're looking for, but you absolutely need to study the game to really understand. Basketball is a far more mental game than people give it credit for. Okay. Especially if you're playing at the perimeter position. Like, uh, truth be told, if you're playing football, mm-hmm. Your quarterback is the only person who really has to make reads on any, any given play. Beyond that, you know, your receiver may have to make some reads. Mm-hmm. Is it zone? Is it man? Do I sit down or do I run this route through? You know, but base, excuse me, basically just you know reads relative to his position, if any. Every position on the basketball court is a decision maker. Your point guard has more decisions to make, but if we're running an effective offense, every de- position on the basketball court's a decision maker. Because once I touch the ball, I've got to decide dribble, pass, shoot, and if I'm passing, who to pass to, when to pass it, where to pass it. You know, if if I'm shooting, which shot, how, when, when the shot, drive, jump shot, left, go right. You know. So my question. It, so so my question would be, how does how can, do you believe that watching tape? Can watching film help Tyrese Maxey? Yes, absolutely. Like that's. Like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, for anyone who's trying to truly maximize their abilities as a point guard, you absolutely want to watch tape because you you want to learn how the game works. There, it's, it's hard to explain. There's a, there's a flow, a rhythm, a feel to the game that the point guard dictates. And you need to become more and more familiar with it. Like, how can I? I'm trying to, how to think, how to put this into words without mm-hmm. going too deep, you know, without it's going too go deep. Too, if you want. No, nah, you don't want to. I don't want to go to X's and O's and things uh, like that. It's, I hear you. It's, but there's 
part of it is instinctive, honestly. And those instincts can be honed by study. The more familiar I make myself with, when I see this, that means that's open. Mm -hmm. When I see this guy moving that way, I know that there's an opening coming from that way. There's a shot for my teammate here. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, repetition is key. Like you keep, you're drilling these things into you, into your mind and to the point where when you get in these situations on the court, mentally you've been there before and you don't, you're not hesitating to make that decision. The game on TV looks a lot slower than it feels when you're out there. And those decisions when you're out there are happening in the blink of an eye. So hesitation kills. And you want and you want to get to your point yourself to a point where you don't have to think to process these decisions too much. You know? Right, you just you. want to because I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about how Tyrese Maxey can ways that he can improve. Can he improve? We don't. We both believe uh-huh. that we we're both encouraged. I mean, are are you not encouraged by Absolutely. what you've seen? Absolutely. And I believe at this point, at this point in time, there's no reason to think that he cannot. I'm not going to say if he will, you know, become that guy. But there's no reason to think that he cannot. At 21 years old, seeing that, seeing what we've seen, to think know. that he cannot would be foolish. Yeah, agree. But let, let's also be clear about another thing. Mm-hmm. H- history is not on his side. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it is not. Because that once again, that's 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 a talking there, point. That's that's a Jonesy talking point right there. there very few guys, especially in modern basketball, are even aware enough to realize that they need to change their instincts mm-hmm. because the modern NBA can allow you to at least statistically flourish mm-hmm. while playing that style of basketball. It used to be where, you know... Mm-hmm. Rookies didn't play, and if you wanted to go on the court, especially at point guard, you better play the right way. Mm-hmm. Coaches still had the power to bench you. That that mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. This this week marked the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's first game, his very first game as a professional, mm-hmm. and I believe his stat line was zero points. Mm-hmm. Said first, uh, uh, it was the first of eleven games that season that Kobe Bryant didn't score a point. Mm-hmm. Now you see where he finished in the all time list uh, of scores. Absolutely. But to know that, you know, when he came into the league he, as a rookie, he didn't get a lot of burn. You know, he worked hard, found his way in, you know, there, there was a player at his position in front of him. Mm-hmm. An, an all-star level player yeah, in his position at, front in front of, of Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, a guy that we, you know, and and that and and that's the thing, you know, a guy that we in this area we know well. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we 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 say all this to say, you know, times have changed. 
you're you know at this at this point now as you, when they put you in as a rookie they expect you to just get up and go mm-hmm. that, yeah. like the expectations now are that rookies come in and immediately their games are 80 90 percent polished mm-hmm. which is a ridiculous expectation it's ridiculous I mean, these are young men. Look, your basketball prime is generally something most guys reach 26, 27 years old. We've got kids coming into the league at 19, 20, and they're being asked to be to play 30-plus minutes a game and help franchises win. Mm-hmm. And in all fairness, most of these guys just flat out re- aren't ready for that. Yeah. No, you're, you're you're absolutely right, but I mean, nonetheless, you know, we, we we say all this to we say all this to say, I think there are a couple of sto- there are a bunch of storylines within the Sixers that we can enjoy while mm-hmm. we wait for this. Be- like we don't have to watch this and just be all on pins and needles about what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. I think what the GM, what Daryl Morey said. On, in that interview with uh, 97.5, I, I I believe it, that, hey, you know what, they're prepared to go the long run with this, however long it takes. I think- and that's what scares me, because if they go, if this drags out all year, what we're looking at is the Joel Embiid Sixers becoming the Andre Iguodala Sixers. The whole reason the process began. Mm. I... I will, I will put it to you like this. And that's part of where this is a bridge that we have to cross when we get there. Because mm-hmm. I think it, dep- it this depends on what you get for Ben Simmons. And I think there are a lot of things you have to look at around the league. Are there going to be some teams who feel like I, who feel like a Ben Simmons can help make their make them better or if there's a team where you have a disgruntled superstar is like you know what I'm out trade me and you see Ben Simmons out there you know I I you know I've watched people debate whether you know when Ben Simmons's value was the highest and I have maintained that Ben Simmons can't be that guy you just trade to trade. I think you trade Ben Simmons just to trade Ben Simmons. You get a bunch of draft picks or whatever. Then you know what? That's then you're right. Then the Joel Embiid Sixers become the Andre Iguodala Sixers. That six, you know, but, that that but hey, you're good but, enough to get a six seed. But here's my what I'm saying is not just that. If you sit in a situation where Daryl Morey feels like I don't want to trade Ben Simmons just for a bunch of draft picks and role players, so I'm going to hold on to him and he doesn't play, you're the you're the Andre Iguodala Sixers then too. Mm-hmm. You you have this superstar potential athlete sitting there, but he's not really an asset because he's not being he's not being utilized. Mm-hmm. So that's just a chunk of your salary cap going for no reason. So, 
unless you un- actually re- re- reach some level of resolution, mm-hmm. which at this point we have not heard anything credible to suggest mm-hmm. that it's, it's that it's happen happening anytime soon. soon. No, no, no. Now you're right, you know, it, and that's what and that's what makes it a long season. You know, just enjoy it for what it is. I watch these games. I watch these young players evolve. I think they've made it, it looks like they've made a couple of good off-season pickups, you know, some upgrades from some players they let go last uh last year uh this past off-season. I think Andre Drummond has been so far an improvement over Dwight Howard off the bench. I think uh, George uh, George Nwang has been an upgrade mm-hmm. over Mike Scott. Mm-hmm. I you know I I still want to see more ice. I, I still want to see. Uh, I mean, more. this is not a talentless team. Yeah, this is, there's a lot of talent on this team. Yeah, but if we're talking about playoff success, yeah. as opposed to a team that makes the playoffs and. Maybe if things go well, can get out the first round. <laughs> maybe, you know? maybe. But once again, you know, it, it's November. It's November. Mm-hmm. It is November. All right, we need to switch gears, man, because it's been fun talking some basketball, but we do have to talk some football. Our Philadelphia Eagles are home against the L.A. Chargers. You know, we try to find people around the country who can kind of give us a little bit of insight on who the Eagles are playing. So mm-hmm. I got, you know, I, I got us a guy knows this city. Well, he's a temple guy. Guy I know very well. I actually, I, I used to host a podcast with this brother way okay. back in the day. We used to do a podcast called brothers talking pucks Two black men sitting in my basement talking about hockey. So he's emotionally scarred, is what you're telling. Yeah, pretty much. He pretty much packed okay. uh, after after doing this. He just packed up and moved, and now he lives in Los Angeles. He's, Understandable. He he, he 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 tries to get as far away from me as possible while still living in the continental United States. We I, I appreciate this brother. I respect him a lot. He uh from Spectrum News in Los Angeles. He's a news guy now, but he knows his stuff. He knows the stuff. Let me bring in my man, Timothy Parker. Tim Parker, what is going on, brother? What's up, man? I was enjoying you guys talking about the Sixers, man. Like, because like, cause to me, because I'm still following them, of course. It's just simply as a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm thinking to, and I'm thinking to myself, sorry, there's a leaf blower out here at, at our station right now. It, it, uh, I, no I, wanted, I wanted to be outside to give you the L.A. scenic, like, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but we got a guy with a leaf blower right now, like cleaning up the property. So, because you know, it's yeah, about 40 degrees, yeah, yeah, it's about 40 right degrees back here in Philly. So, you just wanted to be oh, out man. there, and, yeah, that, that, that'll get you hung up on real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, y'all. But, we, but, no, but seriously, like, uh, I was looking, I, I believe it was the first game against Brooklyn. I'm like, who the hell is this Nang dude? He was looking bad. So, mm-hmm. here you got here you guys saying he balling. I, he, I like to hear that. No, he he's oh, yeah. he, he's definitely well. He's definitely become an improvement over Mike Scott off the bench. He can you know he's he's a good stretch four because this gives you a higher level of consistency than Mike Scott was bringing the yeah. last couple years. You know, like I, I, I would I would blame Doc Rivers for Mike Scott's uh, uh, fall off because mm-hmm. because you know he he hooped with uh, Brett Brown. Mm-hmm. 
He did. Yeah, he did. You know, and, and sometimes it's sometimes that that happens. You know, coaching change, uh, offensive philosophies change, roles change, and you know, you just don't the spot that you had, the position that you had, the role that you had with one with one coach might not be what you have with the next coach. So, you know. <laughs> Nikolai Vucevic might be the best example of that. <laughs> Ooh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But look, Tim, you're out there in L.A. You're enjoying the sunshine. You're enjoying the warm weather. You're enjoying two two NFL teams. I, I need to know something about this Chargers team. I need to know. Honestly, who are the Chargers? I see a four and three record in kind of a in, in kind of a, a a struggling, I guess maybe under underperforming AFC West. Like, who who are they? We don't know. And I think I think that's the problem because uh, up until I'll tell you this: the Chargers are a team who could beat anybody in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They could also lose to anybody in the NFL. Um, the last few years, they've been, they had the same same problem. They would be in games late, and all of a sudden, they would collapse. Now, early in the season, they didn't do that. They they won a bunch of close games. That that even that shootout with the Browns, that forty two to thirty eight, whatever score was, mm-hmm. they beat them in a close game. The, the, now, the opening game of the season when they played the Cowboys, you felt like it was the same old Chargers because they should have beaten the Chargers. They had those late turnovers, late mm-hmm. and those uh, interceptions, penalties. That stuff that the Cowboys didn't beat them. The Chargers beat themselves mm-hmm. on week one. But then they started to turn it around. They won, you know, they beat the Chiefs. They, they won a, a few close games. But then you had last week another game they should have won against the Patriots. Interceptions, ill-time uh, drop passes. So, that, so now we're asking again, who is this? Are you the team that you were the last two years uh, before Brandon Stanley got here or, or – are you a team that's primed for success? Because they blew a golden opportunity to be in first place. They would have been in first place if they just could have beat the Patriots, but they mm-hmm. fell apart in the second half. So we're wondering what this team is. We know this team has enough talent to at least go deep into the playoffs. Now, obviously, it could be a Super Bowl team. Well, whatever. Actually, the AFC, there is no really strong team. So you could say the Chargers could be a Super Bowl team, but right now, you're going to get into the playoffs because they cannot close out games it goes back to the last two years. So so that being said, how much faith is in this coaching staff? How much faith do they have in this quarterback? Like, at, th- at this point, are, are people sold on the nucleus of this Los Angeles Chargers team? People are sold on Justin Herbert. They, 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 they know they have a generation. Unlike Philly, they know that I – mean, and, and the sad thing about the thing with Jalen Hurts is that I don't know why – People aren't on board because he has all the, you know, tangible skills. He's mobile. He's a good arm, all that stuff. So, like, I don't see why people are just giving it to him. Is it simply because he was drafted in the second round? I don't know why um, the Jalen Hurts thing is so, you know, questionable. And Philly, I'm not saying he's the long-term answer, but, you know, even if you do draft a quarterback, you're not going to be a a top-ten pick. So he may be your guy for a couple years. Anyway, but Justin Herbert, he's clearly the answer. But the problem is, is what around around him is good enough? You would think so. Mike Williams, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, Derwin James. Derwin James played his butt off against uh, the Patriots on Sunday, and they still lost. But I'll tell you the big thing with the Chargers is their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Can they protect Herbert? Because that's kind of 
Herbert's kind of been saving in the last few weeks, but he didn't on Sunday. And uh, I think the kind of if anybody have a quarterback, if you get pressure on them, can they perform? And then Herb, is Herbert going to try to be a hero? He tried to be a hero last week, and, and he couldn't. So I think the thing with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, can they protect him? Or can the offensive line get going? Mm-hmm. And I think that sets up everything because now you know, can you run the ball? Or can you run play play action with uh, Herbert? I think th- what can this um, offensive line do is the biggest key, and uh, for their season, I think. So, with the coaching staff specifically, having lost the last two games, going from four and one to four and three, what kind of messaging are they giving their team in order to try to keep them from losing from from losing their team or that t- having the team lose confidence in them? I, you know, I think it's the same old cliche. We, we got to just clean it up. But I will tell you, the veterans. See, I think Justin Herbert is still young enough where it's not going to bother him. I'm going to go out there and be ready for the next series. It's the Keenan Allens. It's the Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. It's those guys who I'm concerned about. Now, not even so much with Darren James on the defensive side of the ball, the Bosa's and all that. I think mm-hmm. Hungry will be fine. It's Keenan Allen who's your main target. He, on Sunday after the game, he was like, yo, this is every year. Every year we do this. Every year we're talking about the same thing. Why are we losing the close games or whatever? So I think if they can keep the veterans together, they'll be fine. It's not the young guys. Mm-hmm. It's the veterans who has this backlog of trash and uh, blowing it in their minds. If they can keep, keep them engaged, get them going, they'll be fine. So it, for you, because you know, you know you've covered – You've covered some teams. You've covered, you know, you, you've been in Philly for you've been in Philly for the Eagles when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. You were in Atlanta for a little bit. You're you're in Los Angeles. You're you're hearing this type of talk from your veterans. How scary is that? Like you you know how like how that's that's not like if you're a fan. Okay. I, I can only I, I say this as a lifelong Philly dude. I don't know how I would feel if I if this was what I'm hearing from the veterans. It's one thing to hear stuff like that from like a rookie dude who ain't been in the league, just don't know better. But when your veterans are talking about, hey, you know, like every year, yeah, <laughs> when you hear veterans talk like that, for you, what you know, what does that say to you? I, I think it's scary for this season, mm-hmm. just because you know you, you have goals you want to reach, but it does not concern me for the Chargers long term. Okay. I think this, like, because you know. Who doesn't want to come – let's say if you're OBJ mm-hmm. or imagine T.O. back in 2005. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to come to L.A. and play with Justin Herbert? So, so I, think, I think that they'll be okay like in terms of attractive free agents in the future, building the team, because you have draft picks. And you, I think they're going to be – this is a very attractive place to play, but I'm concerned about this season for them. This is actually – as most, like nationally, this is not a, a marquee game, mm-hmm. but for the Chargers' psyche, this is a critical game. I mean, obviously for the Eagles too, because you know, the, well, I, I mean, the, the, never mind for the Eagles because the NFC is so no, no. I mean, I wish I wish it was different, but the NFC is so top heavy. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of like a, a one of the lower tier teams sneak in, but there's only one spot for one of those lower tier teams. You know what I mean? So I the chances, the chances of the Eagles getting the playoffs is very, very low. But ain't, nobody, Char- ain't, ain't nobody out here thinking about the playoffs. Okay, okay. okay. So <laughs> if it happens, it happens. But ain't nobody thinking about that. Yeah, so, yeah, so, for, the, so for the Chargers, it's the opposite. Like, 
two weeks ago, we were, we, <laughs> my boss came up to me actually and was like, yeah. So we were like, wouldn't it be awesome, you know, since Super Bowl's here, that we had the Rams and the Chargers in them? Like, yeah, that's it was a fantasy, but it was actually real. It was more realistic mm-hmm. than a fantasy. Now, I I think the Rams definitely have, have a shot, but uh, the Chargers is like, no, like all the, the buildup that we had on them is kind of like nobody believes. It's going to see. We're going to find out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they were in SoFi Stadium on Sunday against the Eagles, I would guarantee you the Chargers win. Mm-hmm. And Philly coming off a, a, a game against the Lions when they, you know, it was one bad team beat a trash team. Okay. And, and they destroyed a, like a JV NFL team. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very confident. So this is a game the Eagles can win. And the Chargers would, like, would be a blow to them if they lost this game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very, again, like I said, it's a, Chargers are general high. This is a very losable game for the Chargers. Well, I mean, look, we've heard that before. We were sitting there talking about we were talking about that Oakland game. Hey, this is a winnable game. This is a game they can go out and win. They went on got went on got cooked, got absolutely cooked. You know? No, well, I would have. I could have told you that. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about getting cooked, but but I mean, like the, the Raiders are, are you know are a good team. And 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 if the Chargers were again, if you were playing at SoFi, I would say the Eagles would probably lose by seventeen. Or, or 10, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. I think, but now I think this Sunday, I think that you don't know what you're going to get from the Chargers. Yeah. But if I but if I had to pick it, you want, you want my pick or do you want to, you want to save it? No, no, make your pick now. It's all good. Okay. If, we, if I had to pick no this producer. game, I would go. Uh, if, uh, yeah, yeah. If I had to pick this game, I would go Eagles, I mean Chargers, uh, 30 to 20. Mm-hmm. So, so in that pick, how much of that is because you feel like the yeah, one take, of the, yeah. the, take the charges on the spread. Take the charges. <laughs> no, but, but I was just saying, how much of that is because you feel like you know that that whole travel from the West Coast to the East Coast is not the one o'clock start. It's four o'clock start, which is a little bit normal, Ooh. more mm-hmm. normal for the West Coast team. But it, it's just. Still, it's a different. It's it's a different. Yeah, it's a different atmosphere. Like Philly's a tough place to play. However, I'll say that you know the Eagles. They, I mean the Chargers. They both. They just went to Arrowhead and beat you know Chiefs. So sure. mm-hmm. no, no reason why they can't go to the Philly and the, you know, the yeah. Eagles, yeah. who's the worst team. So that's why I'm ultimately going Chargers thirty to twenty. But I would, and if I'm an Eagles fan, I would have a. I would go to the game with it, but knowing that I have a t- chance to win. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you something about about that market. Who like which team runs that market? Is that is that is LA, well? I mean, I mean, no, I mean, it, it, as far as Rams versus Chargers. Oh, Rams. Rams. Versus, uh, and, and I'll tell you this. This is. Um, I'll, I'll give you the pecking order of of teams in LA in terms of NFL teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Rams, Raiders. Cowboys, 49ers, then Chargers. Mm. See, that's so number f- number five in their own city. Well, well oh, okay, maybe, maybe maybe I can go back and forth between Chargers and 49ers, but it's definitely Rams, Raiders, Cowboys. Cowboys have a larger presence in the well, city. Than- but, but no, but no, but but they 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 train they train camp is in Oxnard, which is an hour north of LA. Mm. Oh God! Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Okay, I think I'm gonna be sick. 
Uh, y'all should be ashamed. So, That's why y'all ain't had no team for so long. No, but it, it, no, honestly, but it's not. It's not the. It's kind of. You can't blame. You can't. Bl- you can't blame L.A. for that because it would have probably been Rams and Raiders, and maybe in the Cowboys too, simply because of training camp. But when you when you have no team in the NFL, mm. remember the the Chargers are native native to uh, San Diego, although. They did start out in L.A. like 1960-something or whatever. People don't know that. But um, San Diego is where some people didn't, are not receiving them. It takes Justin Herbert and stars and winning to grow them. And community building, you know, and all that type of stuff to grow the fan base. The Rams have their fan base. And then the Raiders were here in L.A., of course. They have their fan base. And then the Cowboys are, the, you know, you know, you know how I feel about the Cowboys and America's mm-hmm. team. But training camp is also here too, so you have that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. Plus, you know, fungus spreads. So exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's exactly what they are. That's exactly what they are. Well, look, Tim. You know, we. I mean, you've been out there. We, you know, we and for a minute, you believe that this, and you believe in this team. You believe that this Chargers team is is legit. Well, they're definitely legit, but that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. They could, they could, they could, they could be legit and go, you know, nine and ten or whatever, you know, nine and eight or eight nine. They're they're legitimate, but that doesn't mean we thought they were legitimate last year, you know. Oh, like, yeah. but they, they finished seven and nine or whatever they finished because they, they didn't have what it takes to win close games. And we they, they started doing it this year. But in the bottom line is, if the Chargers are legitimate in terms of postseason, they have to beat the Eagles. Point blank, and and you know, and, and, they, and I think they should. I, I, I like I said, I'm going Chargers thirty to twenty. I think the I, I don't think the, the Chargers defense is like world beating, but their offense should put up points against the Eagles. Like with no no Brandon Graham, I don't know what's going on with the secondary of the, in the Philly. Like so, I, I will go uh, thirty twenty um, Chargers. No, I personally feel like the Chargers are. Despite the last couple of weeks, the results, I believe they're a, at least a tier above where the Eagles are right now. I mean, yeah, maybe two. It may be two. That's why I say at least yeah. at least one yeah. tier above. Where, and I believe, and personally, I feel like the Chargers have as good a chance as anybody to make a run in the AFC. But from what you're seeing, what is it? That it it seems to be that's hold or feels like is holding this team back from taking that next step where they can consistently win in these closer games, those type of games. It's it's, it's simple, simple. Not trying to be a hero, not doing stupid things when it matters most. And you know, a Bill Belichick team is not going to do that. That's why they beat him. They were disciplined down late, and the Chargers have not been disciplined. And that, and it makes sense because you have a young quarterback, and you have a team that shoot themselves in the foot. But um, yeah, that's that's it for them. Like, they gotta just stop the turnovers, stop the penalties, stop making, stop making big mistakes in key moments. At this point now, you got Brand, you got uh, Brandon Staley as the coach. How confident are you guys in him as and? His ability and the direction that he's taking this team. I think time will tell. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think time will tell. Like it seems like the players believe in him. He's very, he's a great communicator. Just mm-hmm. just somebody from being in the media, yeah. you can tell if a guy is a good communicator or not. Um, 
I, I think he I think he has that. I think he knows how to connect. And he's young. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL is skewing younger in coaches like Sean McVay connecting with players and stuff like that. And, you know, look what Brandon Staley did with that Rams defense. Obviously, it's, it's nice to have Aaron Donald and Sean Ramsey, but, you know, he's had – Brandon Staley has a resume with that, you know, with the defense from, from the Rams. By the way, he didn't have to go, go too far. He went right from the Rams to the Chargers. Yeah. But, but, yeah, so um, you know, I, I'm confident in him, but it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's about results. And, you, know, you know, yeah. No, but, like, so, but, like, Anthony Lynn, like, mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn, I think, I think Justin Herbert, and see, I think Anthony Lynn knows his football. And, of course, Brandon Staley knows his football, too, but I think, they made it connect more with the players a little bit just because they have that youth aspect. Um, yeah, but I, I believe there's uh, Justin Herbert loved the staff that Anthony has, including quarterback coach Pep Hamilton, who's not here anymore. Maybe that's part of Herbert's, like, what we've seen last week, because Pep Hamilton really got Herbert off to a good start in his uh, first season. All right, well, so, I mean, basically, because I, I say that because we're – we're kind of on the, the opposite side of that spectrum right now. You know, you're 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 confident. You believe in your coaching staff. You believe he's a great communicator. And then over here on the other side of the country, back here in Philadelphia, we got Nick. We're talking about flowers and gardens. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and and honestly, he might he probably bought himself another week with that big win on this past Sunday because quite frankly if that man has spent the week talking about flowers and fertilizer and 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 roots and then went out and lost to the 0-7 Lions he would have been he wouldn't have made it home yeah he absolutely positively would not have made it home so now you know you know, people are thinking, oh, you know, maybe we have a rallying cry. Maybe we'll be about flower. Maybe, you know, maybe. But, you know. From underdogs to flower boys. Yeah. You, know, you know, I actually think the Eagles might. I, 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 there's no reason why they can't, outside of Dallas, they can't rattle off four wins against the division teams. That division is terrible. Except for Dallas, yeah. so there's no reason why they can't. Maybe they can get five wins. Yeah, I mean, it's a division alone. So then that's like that's that's down the stretch of the season. You, well, you look at it like this. You know, you, you look at it like this. They they've already played Dallas. Got you know they they took their L against Dallas, but you know Dallas is probably going to run away with this division. You play them week 18 of the season. So oh, maybe, okay, well then, yeah, you yeah, might be a good giveaway yeah, game. Yeah, you, you know, know Dallas might not have anything to play for, but at that point, yeah. You know that, but but nonetheless, you look at the Eagles. You look past this game, and the Eagles can't afford to look past anybody. We can, but they can't. You know, yeah. you know, you're looking at mm-hmm. Denver, New Orleans, that, the, yes, the, the Giants, yeah, and the Jets. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Eagles at this point can still legitimately win nine games or ten. Mm-hmm. They could, so. you know, they could in the fact that you know you got to play games. But, yeah, you know, ain't, ain't nobody. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, if you just guarantee yourself four out of the five division wins, that's that. I'm saying that with that in mind. Yeah, I'm saying if you can just take care of the teams you kind of better than, you know, like I'd rather have Jalen Hurst any than Daniel Jones or Tyler Heineke, whatever, whatever his name is. That like, ain't, like, that yeah. ain't so, much. So, 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 but I'm, mm-hmm. but I'm saying those are. I can legitimately say the Eagles could go win four games against the division teams. Yeah. And, 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 and that gives you automatically six wins right there. 
Or seven or uh, seven. That would take the seven right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. And then you beat the Jets eight. Why not? Let's just get past the Chargers first. Okay. You know, I, I, this, I'll tell you what. This team has pretty much sapped any desire I have to look past the very next game. You know? Well, the problem we have here is that being this close to it and – it's hard to ignore Nick Sirianni's, let's call them inconsistencies, mm-hmm. with his willingness to utilize the run. I'll call them in- inconsistencies right now because we're coming off his season high by far in rushing attempts against, against the Lions last week. But he eclipsed his previous season high by, what, 14, 15 attempts mm-hmm. this week. Like, it was a huge jump, so we'll see how that lasts. Jalen Hurts, he leaves a lot of plays on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, as as young quarterbacks are known to do, but whatever the cause is, he leaves a lot of plays on the field. Like Justin Herbert Justin Herb is not leaving any plays on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, may, he, he may try to do too much. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's something there, he's he going to hit it. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and and that's where my concern is. Was if with a pass with a decent defense that tends to be passive so far this season, and going against a quarterback like Herbert who can absolutely sling the ball all around, yeah. I don't see Hurts being able to keep lead an offense to keep up. He won't. <laughs> that's what I said. I, said, I think I, I think they'll score points, but they won't score. They won't. They won't reach thirty. No, I hear you. Are you? Yeah. Real quick, before we let you go, I, I know you. I know you're a busy man. Let people know where they can reach you, where they can see Tim Parker all over the world. Let, let, let us know. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Timothy Parker TV. One word, Timothy Parker TV, and say hi. All right, there, there you have it. From, from, now, before you go, I have one. I have a. a, a a, a truly pressing question. Oh boy. Given the era we are, we are in, it's 2021, awareness is at an all-time high. For me, do you have any recommendations for therapists after dealing with JB? Dealing who? After oh, dealing J- with JB, after dealing with Jonathan Brown, do you have any recommendations kind of for therapists? Because you, you were where I am first. You know, out here, you know, people don't get therapy. They they get plastic surgery. And I haven't gotten that yet, so I'm okay. Wow. You know what? This this first of all, let me tell you something. You you you, look. You see where my man is now in Los Angeles, in L.A. You know what I mean? Doing enjoying life. I'm seeing him on making that good, making a good TV, enjoying himself. Look. That's all. Well, I shouldn't say that's all because that's like primary. Well, 90, 90. He worked with me. Yes, that, that's yeah, all. I, you know, I, I don't. I don't take no credit for that. And, and, and we all play a part. We all look, man. Tim, you know, you got. You know, you you always got to invite here, man. Always good to hear your voice. Always good to see you, man. Always appreciate you, Thanks man. Thanks for hopping on with us. We appreciate it yeah, a lot. Exactly, man. Proud of you, brother. I'm proud of your success, man. Proud, to, you know. To say I knew you back when, but I always knew you had to drive, and I I knew I knew you would be where you are right now, man. So I'm proud. I of you, Appreciate brother. you. 
Thank you. Appreciate you too, man. Love you, brother. Yes, sir. I'll see you guys. All right. All right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tim Parker, man. That was my man. Tim Parker used to be used to sit right where you sat. And we would talk <laughs> hockey. Two black men talking hockey. People used to hey, say, man. We need to brothers bring, talking pucks. Brothers, yeah, brothers talking pucks should make a, make a return we, at some we, point. We, it might be time for a segment it, of that. It might, be, back, it, so. it might be time for, for a return of brothers talking pucks. Good friend of the show, Caitlin Hemsley, always wants to know when brothers talking pucks is coming back. And I say soon, you know, one day. I say real soon. We're, okay, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen one day. We'll definitely make it happen one day. All right, look, man. Maybe we can schedule that for the Eagles bye week. Okay. When is it? It's a couple of weeks away. It's, it's still it's yeah. a few weeks away. It's a few weeks we got away. got time. All right, we'll, we'll work on that. All right, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what we talked about today, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. One word, Jonesy and Brown. Or you can hit us up at B-I-T-W Sports. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search Best in the World Sports. My name is Brown. That's Mike Jones. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here? You know, you usually hear people say, free this guy or that, or free that guy. Uh-huh. No, not this time. I want to look Ben Simmons in the eye and say, free the Sixers. Free the Sixers? Oh, so, so it's one Ben Simmons to retire? I don't know. I, something. Retire, opt to play again. Mm-hmm. Free, the, whatever. Just free the Sixers. Free the Sixers. There you go. I was, you know, I, I started, I jumped on the hashtag win without Ben. <laughs> but now, but I, free the Sixers. I like that too. Hey, Ben, mm-hmm. free the Sixers, you know? Either play or retire. Play or retire. Free the Sixers. Free the Sixers. All right. There you have it. Once again, I'm Brown. That's Jonesy. We will check you guys out next week. Peace, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.